Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, sponsored by Suit Up. Rage Occasion Associate Head Baseball Coach Anthony Babineau is with us. Good morning, Bab. Sorry, help if I hit program there. Good morning, Bab. Good morning, Scott. How are you? I'm great, man. Um, got a little weird Matthew McConaughey call here. We're going to kick things off. Anniversary of the time the big unit delivered big pain to our fine feathered friend here. It's a good reminder. When you fly around the infield of life, be cognizant. Keep your head on a swivel or risk taking a two-seam fastball to the beak when somebody else is up to bat. What? what is, this is the 20 years ago today, Randy Johnson uh, killed a bird. 20 years. 20 years ago. Seems like yesterday. He just unleashes this fastball that gets away from him and a bird just I think I think he just he knew it was his time he was just ready and he's like I'm gonna go out I'm gonna go out in a blaze of glory blaze of glory because I will be the most memorable bird death of all time in sports what before we, we talk obviously Cajun baseball no one's ever going to see anything like that. But in all your years in this sport, is there anything you can remember where a ball was hit or thrown that you're like, how did how did how did that just happen? Man, you're right. There will nothing will ever top that uh, that I can imagine. I haven't seen anything that crazy. We've had in practice a couple of times while we were taking batting practice, and coaches are hitting fungo, which is ground balls to the infields on the infielders on the side of the cages, a ball that leaves the batting tunnel from a a hitter come in contact with you. I think one time it happened where a a ground ball that was hit by a coach hit a batted ball by a player. Another time a batted ball coming out of the cage hit a ball that was being thrown back to the coach on the side of the cage, (laughs) you know, in the air and then balls are flying all over play this and everybody's ducking because they don't know which way balls are going. But uh, that Randy Johnson, I, I just remember that, and I don't. It's hard to believe that that was twenty years ago already, when that happened. I don't think I saw it live. I saw it on on yeah. Sports Center. No, I mean live, like when it happened, sure. like as if I was watching the game. Yeah. I saw it on Sports Center, the highlights, and just was like, wow, <laughs> this is just incredible. It's that bird nice. was on a suicide mission. Yep, yep, mission accomplished. I guess. Um, how many times have you been hit? Would you say? whether it be BP or standing there, you know, maybe you got the clipboard in hand and a GoFundMe account has started to replace it. Like, I imagine you've taken, if you if you coach as long as you have, you're going to get hit with some balls. A handful, just really just a handful. I mean, I don't know, five or six times. I know, I remember a couple of times batting practice, a ball going, you know, ricocheting off the side of the screen and coming back at an angle one time, one of them went through a net that was apparently not as strong as it needed to be. Got me on the wrist. A couple of times, you mentioned clipboard. A clipboard saved me because it hit the clipboard instead of instead of me. But just a handful, thankfully. I, a couple I, of times, almost got hit with bats. Geez. I don't know, man. I, I guess you're just used. I mean, I'll, I'll be out at a practice, and guys are just hitting me, and I'm jumpy. I'm like, I, I – feel like I need to be wearing padding out here. There are all these balls. I'm, I'm, and, I mean, I don't play. I don't have a glove. I'm just out there with, like, my phone, which I'm using to record stuff, and suddenly I'm like, I, just, I, I need to get in the dugout here. I feel well, like when I'm going taken out. When you do it enough, you, you obviously get more comfortable. And 
different. I can tell, like if I'm walking down the third base line or the, the warning track on the third base side, say to head to our bullpen or down the right field line to the cages, anything like that, I can tell by the different sounds of the bat, you know, how that ball was hit. And sometimes if it's if it's coming my direction, you can just, because you've, hear, you've heard the sound so many times, you know, you can just tell by the way it sounds if it's coming your way or not. You better, you know, sometimes I'll hear it and I can just keep walking like not a care in the world. That ball's nowhere near me. And other times... <laughs> better, better cover your head or your face, or, or tense up, tighten up, or something. Anthony Babino, our guest, ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Bab, so let's talk some Cajun baseball here. Um, when I talked to Coach Deggs on Monday about it being a, a week where there's no midweek games, and he felt like that this was a good week for that. Mm-hmm. Do some simulations and 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 work on a number of things. Get some guys some more. Uh, some more cuts, more reps. He said the weather was going to have to cooperate. So yesterday you guys were scheduled to practice. How did the rain impact it, and, and has it altered the practice schedule this week at all? Yeah, we didn't. it hasn't altered yet. We didn't go yesterday. We gave them that day off to make sure that they could get good rest, get caught up in school. Right now is kind of um, mid-semester, just on the other side of it to where they're registering for next semester already. So they've got some things going where there's meetings with advisors and things like that that have to take place. So we gave them Monday yesterday to take care of those things, take care of their bodies, to rehydrate, refuel, and, and get ready to go today. We've got a good inner squad scheduled for today. Hopefully the rain will and the weather will cooperate with us, probably seven, eight innings that we have that we can play and some guys that, that need to get out on the mound and throw some and guys that needed bats. So that's the plan for today. Hopefully the weather cooperates and we can get that done. And then, you know, a light, not necessarily light, light is not the right word, a a great pregame practice tomorrow. And then Coastal Carolina coming in on, on Friday, we'll try it again this year. Last year, Coastal Carolina was in town when the, when the pandemic hit and everything got shut down. So hopefully this time when they get here, they don't have to turn around and go, go back home. They can stay for the weekend. What's the thing in the staff's mind that you have to improve on most this week before this series starts? I think we have to do a little bit of everything better. We've got to make we've got to make more plays defensively. I think on the pitching side of things, we've we've begun to walk a few more hitters, which we hadn't done that much of in the beginning of the season, and then on the offensive side of it, just more competitive at bats. You know, and and by competitive, I don't necessarily mean getting a hit. I just mean a competitive at bat where you take something from the pitcher, whether it be a six at bat or or just moving a runner over something productive. You know, we need more competitive ABs and and just a little more energy out there on the field altogether. You know, from all of us. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Anthony Babineau, our guest, Rage Occasion Associate, head baseball coach. Um, when you get behind the eight ball, you mentioned the walks. Uh, the 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 early walks, early in innings. I think what was it Sunday? You had two outs, and it's like really close. And then that walk happens, and the mental side of it right now for for some of the pitchers. Do you feel like that has progressed as the season has gone on? That has regressed. How much of it right now do you think for some of these arms is mental as opposed to command, or are they one and the same? 
Well, I think it might be a little bit of both. And, and look, those guys have a have a, a great rapport with, with BJ, our pitching coach, and, and he works a lot on that side of it because he's got so much experience with that side of it, you know, the mental the mental side of it from playing at, at such a high level. So I know he's sharing those experiences with those guys and, and mentoring them and, and that when you when you do get behind early like that, man, it's it's really tough and, and because you're 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 clawing back. You're trying to, to fight and claw back and, and sometimes it, it happens and, and sometimes it doesn't. That shouldn't change, you know, the energy level and the attitude and the and the outlook on the game. But going back to the arms I think it's different for each guy because we've got we've got a lot of guys that this is their first you know experience at this level. We've got some guys that that are back, and I think the guys that you see that have been here for a little for a little while now. Spencer, this is Spencer's first time at this level, and and he's having tremendous success, which is which is absolutely a great thing. But then you have a guy like AP Austin Perrin, who this is you know in his third fourth year. He knows what to expect. He knows the grind of it. He knows he can't get too high, can't get too low. You have other guys that are experiencing this for the first time that are going through this, some of these struggles, um, so to speak, for the first time that that are having a little tougher time to deal with it. But it's about getting back out there and just trusting in your stuff and trusting in your ability. That's the number one thing is if you just trust that the stuff that you have is good, then you should be okay. You should. But but there's got to be that trust and that extreme belief and confidence in yourself. Anthony Babineau, I guess, when you look at um, the lineup from a hitting standpoint, and I know I, I feel like it's probably a broken record at this point asking you about it each week, but Gerald's been playing great. I mean, he's batting three forty three, leads the team. You got guys like Borgano who have really picked it up at the plate, Josh Cofield. C.J. Willis has had his, his, uh, his moments where he hits it really well, but – that offense versus defense, when you have that approach of how do we decide the lineup today? And you guys, both you and Deg said, you know, it depends. It depends on the matchup. So when you're facing a team like Coastal, do you lean more offense or defense? With the, In a perfect world, you've, you, you've got them working hand in hand. And, um, but I know, you know, Saturday and Sunday, you still saw some, some errors and some miscues. Last Friday... You know, no errors and, and, a, and a good win. And, of course, Eric Getty was – I could talk about him all day. I love watching that guy scrap. But but the the, the approach this week into the lineup against a team like Coastal. Well, you know, you talk about Eric Getty and, and that game on Friday. And I remember Coach Robichaud speaking of this all the time. And, you know, when you've got a guy out on the mound, he would use a analysis with Roger Clemens. You know, statistically, you know, when Clemens was on the mound – whatever team he was with, whether it be the Yankees or, or whatever team, the Red Sox, whatever club that he was with, when he was on the mound, you know, it was a quicker game. It was always a, a quicker game, and there were less errors made because guys were locked in. They they knew that he would be locked in, so everybody else around him better. And, you know, what you've seen with, with Spencer, when Spencer's on the mound, we usually have great games. You know, we usually have great defensive games just because guys know that they've got a competitor out there on the mound. And, and we've got – and Spencer's by no means the only competitor we have on the staff. We have tons of competitors on the staff. But just going statistically by by numbers and, and what they have done, you know, he has put up great numbers. Perrin has put up great numbers. And guys tend to play well behind those guys, no matter who's on the field defensively, but 
you know, going back to Coastal, it's going to, I know you said we've both said it, and it kind of sounds like a broken record, but it really is. It's it's matchups, and, and as far as watching the arms that are facing us. You know, as I mentioned, we've got everybody has scouting software now where you can watch the guy that you're going to face a number of times before you before you face him. So the staff, the guys are are watching this and they're conversing about this in the office and and you know the lineup will be made off of who they think is going to match up best against these guys. I mean, obviously we need to play defense, but you know, I don't we have guys head and shoulder. We have a couple, but I don't think there's a ton of guys head and shoulders above anybody else defensively to say, you know, we've got to play this guy defensively because he's the only guy that can play this position flawlessly. You know, I don't think that's our situation. So I think it comes down to you know, who matches up on the offensive side of side of things because the bottom line is we've got to score. We've got to score. You score, keep the airs down, you're going to win a la Friday night, right? You don't score – Errors go up. You don't compete hard enough. You're not gonna. You're not gonna be successful. So, we we've got to get guys. Got to get guys in there that are gonna have competitive abs and and make consistent, solid contact that can move the ball around. You know, our issue in, in the the low scoring. You can you can look at this with any team that that the scores are low. When the scores are low, you're not walking. You're not getting hit by pitch. You know, and that's one of the things that we're not doing right now. We're not taking walks. We're off. We're not staying in the strike zone. If our strike zone awareness gets a little bit better, then we'll get some free base runners, and we all know what happens when you get free base runners. That turns into runs because each hit, which you don't get that many per inning, but each hit turns into an RBI because there's someone on first, second, or third via a walk or hit by pitch and possibly a stolen base or an error, something like that because of hard contact. So we just got to have more competitive at-bats some longer at bats to drive guys' pitch counts up, and then just work from there. Rage Occasion Associated Baseball Coach Anthony Babineau, our guest. I'm Scott Prather. It's the Great Scott Show, ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Great Scott Show sponsored by Suit Up. Let me tell you about Suit Up for a minute. 3546 Ambassador Caffrey, located between Rooms to Go and Lafayette Shooters, over there next to the Tabula. Greek and Lebanese restaurant, uh, it is the best in menswear. Whether it be casual, whether it be dress-up, you need to rent a tux, a suit, you need an alteration. They can do all of it. It's locally owned and operated. they got great specials happening right now as well. Suits, two suits on select suits for $300. You can get a new sports coat when you buy one. You get free dress slacks with that. If you have a wedding party coming up and it's five or more in the wedding party, here's the deal you get. The groom's tux, Free. The ring bearer, half off. Then it's $40 off. All of the groomsmen, great specials happening. Amazing service, wide selection, the best in all of menswear. They got everything but the kitchen sink over there, whatever you're looking for. They got the Southern Marsh line right now. That is the, the Southern Marsh line, one of the more popular men's clothing lines in the world right now. It's international, started in the great state of Louisiana. So it's Louisiana born and bred. Suit up. Suit up, the best prices, the best selection, the best service. Locally owned and operated. When you go, tell them you heard about it from me. I'd greatly appreciate it. Anthony Babineau, our guest, talking about the rotation heading into this weekend. Does the approach change at all because you guys are playing four games in four days? I don't Not I really? don't believe that it does, no. Uh, you mean as far as our starting rotation and who's going to start? Are you talking about lineup still? No, I'm talking about pitching-wise. 
Well, we still, you know, those Friday, Saturday, Sunday are still, you know, they're conference, first three conference games. So, and obviously we, we want to win every game we play and, and strive to do so. But, you know, getting off to a good start in conference is important. So we're going to have to get after it this weekend with, with those guys that are going to take the bump. And look, it all starts with, with starting pitching. We know that. Starting pitching makes the world go round. When you get a good start, usually good things will happen for the most part. So those guys got to go out there and and, um, and get that done. You know, I don't know if the starting rotation has been has – been, um, announced yet, you know, uh, whether or not it'll be the same as last weekend or if there be, may be a change in there. I'm not positive on that. But whoever it is, it'll be guys that, that we feel have good rhythm right now and, and can attack hitters with good stuff in the zone and, and, you know, compete with that stuff in the zone. So at this point, I mean, I think it's fair to assume Eric Getty is, is – is the number one starter, but after that, is that is that now open for competition? You guys, just... well, again, I don't know if it's open for competition. That's not a discussion that, that I've had with gotcha. with Matt or the coaches. So to y'all have say a, that for y'all certain, are returning I don't to know. practice today. So correct, you know, right, right. That's correct. So to ask you if if he still sees Cook is a starter or anything like that, you guys don't know that yet because you haven't you haven't met yet this week. But a uh, lot lot between now and Friday when you guys do get started, do you foresee Connor Angel's role being altered at all? I can foresee that, you know, because he's got really good stuff. That's not debatable. He's got really good stuff. And when it's in the zone, it's it's almost unhittable. He's got tremendous run and sink with his fastball. The slider is, is you know, good enough to keep you honest. And, and But that velocity that he has with, with that sink and that run, it's you really can't do much with it. It's very tough to square up if he's on with it. You know, so he's a guy that you might see have a more important role as we move forward. I mentioned the approach being different at all in terms of the the, the starters, and you said, "Look, that's we, we don't know what that is. It's up in the air." Getting back to something you mentioned about the first three being conference, the the Monday game being non conference. Does the bullpen approach change at all in this? I mean. Obviously, you want the starters to go as deep as they can, but I don't know. The four game in four days, and then it's a conference opponent, but one of them doesn't count. It just feels like if you overthink it, now you're you're might be getting away from what you're doing. But you also, I don't know, can you can't go into it with the approach of we're just going to do the same thing we always do, right? Well, I think you can overthink it for certain. I mean, you've got to attack. Friday, then you've got to attack Saturday, then you have to attack Sunday, and then you have to attack Monday. And after Friday, you attack Saturday with what you think is best for that game and what's left. And then when Sunday comes, it's what's left. And then what Monday when Monday comes, it's what's left. You've got to you've got to attack them one at a time. I don't think that I certainly don't think or I know that there won't be a guy, there would be a guy that would be held out of the bullpen on Friday or Saturday just so he can pitch Monday. You know, that's not going to be the case. When that guy is needed, that guy is going to be used. And now, the projected starter for Monday, that's a different thing, you know. And, and even the projected starter for Monday could potentially throw Friday out of the bullpen and, and have a couple. If And then if he doesn't throw that many pitches on Friday, a couple days rest and be a starter for Monday. So, But you, we've got to attack these one at a time. That's been our philosophy from the get-go. Um, not looking ahead. It's easy to look ahead when you have a situation like this. You know, you've got the three conference games and then and then a really good opponent 
again on on Monday. Yeah, you know those four days in a row, and that's going to be a, a challenge for our guys because you know we haven't played, to my knowledge, very often, uh, even in in my career, very often four games. I can remember, I can remember only one other Monday game, and it was either. 97 or 98, I believe it was 1998, we played a three-game series, a weekend series at Jacksonville when they were still in the conference. And on the way back, stopped at the University of Florida on a Monday and played them Monday afternoon. That's the only other Monday game that, that I can remember in my career. And to, that was so long ago to remember how things went. You know, it's it's virtually impossible. It was but before Randy Johnson killed a bird. That was baseball. before the bird incident. Not, absolutely. So, you know, again, we've just got to attack Friday. Um, it's a it's a new season that starts. You know, everybody's well, not everybody's O and O because conference play actually started this past weekend. We had the opening yeah. we had the opening week by, but for us, it's a it's a brand new season, zero and zero in conference, a chance to get off to a really good start. And hey, all of our goals are still in front of us that we set before the season, and that are the goals. You know, every year when the regular season win a conference tournament, play in, possibly host a regional, super regional, and a chance to go to Omaha. So all of our goals are, are still right here. And, and you know, we've, we, we, can, we can get there and we can do what we want to do because, you know, we were playing very good baseball at the beginning of the year. We were, you know, got off to a really good start. And then, you know, the Mississippi trip kind of started a, a, a scuffle a little bit. And, but, we're going to work through that with some great practice, uh, great energy coming out this weekend, and, and we're actually looking forward to the opportunity. ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. I'm Scott Prather. That is Rage Cajun Associate Head Baseball Coach Anthony Babineau. For those of you listening via the stream, whether it be on the mobile app and connected cars, smart speakers, that is brought to you by Champagne's Market and the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. Um, talking to Deg Sunday night uh, after the the Sunday game against TCU, asked, what's the approach? You know, batting wise, when you're you know, and he, he said, well, in this regard, it was to be patient because we're facing a guy that hadn't gone too many innings and Austin Krobe, and that led me to start thinking about at bats. Is there is there a time where too many foul balls is a bad thing, or do you view it always as a positive because you're you're starting to wear out that opposing arm? When you have no, I mentioned it earlier. When you have good long at bats like that, you know, even if it doesn't result in something positive, you've you've taken something from the pitcher. Um, you know, you've made him throw extra pitches, get that pitch count up, which could help a teammate, could help the team at a, at another point. A little further down the down the road, down the down the line in the game. So, no, that's always a positive thing. It really is. So, what are some more definitions in your mind of what what defines a competitive at bat? I think taking tough pitches that are balls, seeing a lot of pitches, a five, six, seven, eight pitch at bat. A productive at bat we call whenever whenever you you know say move a runner over without a hit those are those are good at bats those are good tough competitive at bats who's someone that that in practice that you've seen do that a lot and maybe it hasn't arose in a game yet but you feel like it's right there on the surface 
And there's a lot of guys because, you know, there's a lot of guys that are taking really good batting practice, really good BP, whether it be before the game, in practice, and might not necessarily have gotten those at-bats in the game. You know, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that the weather cooperates today because we'll get a chance to see some guys again, see how they how they compete and how they, they go at it. So there's a number of guys. You know, Catalano has, has had some some – Great batting practice. Brett Morgano, Morgano is taking good BP. So, Cofield, you know, the guys that you've kind of seen pinch hit, you know, those guys have, they're all right there on the cuffs. Like I said, there's, with the exception of a couple guys that are having some really great seasons so far, there's nobody that's really running away with anything or, or creating a great separation. So, you know, everybody is continuing to push everybody and, and everybody's kind of right there in the mix. Ben Fitzgerald is is one of the guys that's having a, a great season so far at the plate. Um, 24 hits, 8 doubles, 5 homers, 11 RBI. Uh, all of those statistically lead the team right now. What's his approach like in practice um, and just day-to-day what you see out of him that's been able to translate to game day? Well, you kind of saw it at this point last year when when the season ended. He was He was really... He was really coming into his own. He was having some good at-bats, and, and he was really getting hot and starting to drive the baseball. And I think had the season continued last year, you'd have you'd have seen what we're seeing now. And it's just a continuation of that, really. He just he, He's having some good at-bats. He's, he's taking – he's putting himself in good counts. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's laying off of tough pitches most of the time that are balls – which puts you in a good offensive count. And if you can hit in a good offensive count more often than not, you're going to have some success because you're going to be seeing more fastballs. And it's just a it's just a fact. You see more fastballs, you're in better offensive counts. You you should have more production and, and better success. When talking about seeing pitches, um, Southern Miss had some great arms. And I don't use the word great lightly. I mean, fantastic you you mentioned it last week on the show. We're going to see some some great ones again in TCU. Following the the opening weekend of Sunbelt Conference play and looking at how these teams are doing, um, I feel like in terms of conference play, conference opponents, you're going to see some good arms, you know, at times. But I think the opponent this weekend is going to probably have some really good ones. So, what what do you know about Coastal at this point and the kind of competition they bring to the table and I know you guys are glad to be at home but um coastal their arms and in, in the approach this weekend well you know they always bring a great a great team into here or or whether we're at that place uh, they compete really hard and they have been at that level for for quite a few years even before before they got into this league so they provide a a, a great opportunity for us to kind of gauge and and where we want to be and where we need to be as far as for what our goals are, they're going to have a couple of good arms. I'm not certain with how how deep their staff is. I know they have a couple of good starters. The assistants and, and coach Dags have been watching those guys on on video to prepare our offense for. So they're going to come in here with with some good arms and and a good offense. You know, a good offense is kind of what they've been known for. That's their mo. Over the last few years, you know they can can really swing it pretty well. So they're they're going to come in here with that, and, and we're going to have to be ready for it. The good thing that I like, you know, I prefer 
a good pitching staff against a good offensive team. Right. You know, because you know if the pitching is on, it usually wins. You know, eight to nine times out of ten. So, um, the fact that they've got a strong offense, I think our arms will be able to com- combat that, especially if our guys are throwing the way that we know that they can. Coastal Carolina coming in for a three-game conference series and then a bonus non-conference game Monday, Friday night's game at 6, Saturdays at 2, Sundays at 1. Pre-game begins 30 minutes prior to each game. News Talk 96.5 KPL powered by Learfield IMG College. Monday's game, 11 a.m. first pitch, 10.30 pre-game airing right here on ESPN 1420. Then it is a trip to Monroe, and it's the Easter week, so it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. Uh, on the road against the Warhawks. Anthony Babineau has been our guest. Well, that's my final questions, uh, Bab, regarding the current team. Um, My final question for you, though, overall is we're talking about Randy Johnson and, you know, 20 years ago today, killing the bird. You brought up uh, some stuff from back in the 90s. In your years of, of coaching baseball, and even back when you played, what aspect of the sport of in college baseball has changed the most, whether it be an evolution of something or another aspect of the game that's just not really a big part of it anymore. What's changed the most? I think what's changed the most, man, that's a tough question because nothing ever stays the same, right? Things are always changing. So obviously the game has changed and I think it's changed for the better. And what I mean by that is the exposure baseball gets these days, the venues, facilities that we play in, the opportunities that we all have to play in just great minor league facilities, but some major league stadiums, whether it be Houston, some games are played at in, in, in Arlington at, at that park and other parks throughout, throughout the country. So I think, that aspect has has changed the game. I think it's changed the way it's played underneath us a lot. Obviously, before yeah. the guys even get here, with the amount that they that they play, they're getting to us a little more advanced because of how much they've played. Now, sometimes that's a good thing, and sometimes it's it can be not so good of a thing, you know, because they they are pitching more. They're playing more. There's more fatigue. There's a lot more injury, obviously, that we see with the game today. But there's a lot of a lot of changes that that have taken place. A lot of the rule changes of the games, which sometimes we're like, man, can we just go back to playing old school baseball when the rules were this? But obviously, some of the rules are, are for the better, and you know, for safety and and things like that. So. And I don't know if I've answered the question with giving you a specific thing, but I've I've tried to just point out the the numerous changes that have taken place over, especially when you're in it over you know twenty five, twenty six, yeah. twenty seven years. A lot of the changes don't happen overnight; they're gradual. But that's I couldn't help but think about. I, I was like, I gotta ask Bab that at some point, and I forgot last week. But in Southern Miss, when you're in in extra innings and they're starting a runner on second. There you go. Uh, each time, and and that's a, an American Athletic Conference rule. Uh, of course, I asked Eggs about it, and, and no surprise, he was not a fan of it. Um, do you think that's something that's come into the rest of college baseball? Or well, every every, I think conference by conference, and that's how they have it this year, where they let conferences 
explore it to see if they like it. Their conference is, is one that is doing it. And it's to speed up the game in extras, right? Because you get in extras and a game could last. You could play another whole game. You could play another nine innings. So let's try to speed up the game. And But some of the things that I agree, you said Matt said he wasn't really for it. And same thing with us. I mean, you should have to. And we, they earned that victory that they got, you know, against us on, on, on that day. But I feel, a lot of us feel as if you should have to earn, like they didn't earn our, we scored one inning also. We didn't earn that runner that scored, you know. We just yeah. got to right. r- trot him out there to second base, you know, when the inning started. We didn't have to. It felt weird. It just felt weird. Well, it, like, this is, it kind know. of felt like slow pitch softball, you know, yeah. because that's what you do in slow pitch softball or in some of the, some of the U-Triple-S-A leagues, you know, like I said, the way the game's played but un- below us, underneath us. Um, so, but hey, that's, that's what we had Change working for coming. us that weekend and, and. Well, we had to abide by it. We couldn't say, no, we don't want to do that. We will let you put a runner out there, and we'll just you know, try to earn ours on. So I know one change that you, uh, that you do love, and that is going from grass to turf. I remember at the old Teague, and suddenly Bab doesn't have to worry every time it's raining or having to cut the grass or anything like that. Uh, you talk about ballparks changing, and last week Deggs was talking about the aesthetics of Russo Park and how it you know, changes and pop-ups and how to play it and use it to advantage. In my mind, I'm like, I bet Bab just, you know, enjoys not having to get those phone calls like, it's going to rain tomorrow, what are we going to do about the grass? Well, weather with a natural surface field is is definitely tough because you have to, you just have to constantly monitor it. And then there, there's so much work involved to either protect the field from the water, the rain, or to try and dry it after the rain. So, there's a lot of things that, that go into it, and that was that was a great part of my life. I loved it. Uh, I'm glad I don't have to mess with it at the field anymore, uh, just at, at my home. So that's a good thing. But, you know, the turf is is tremendous. And, and, and even the t- we talk about change. Even the turf has changed so much from when we put it in just 11 years ago in 2010. You know, the the, the – where they construct the fibers and and the way they lay it and the the longevity of it, it's every day they're making strides in, in the production of that turf. So you know, and, and ours is is going on. They say the lifespan is usually around ten to twelve years. We're approaching that. We're starting to have some small conversations about getting ours replaced because it's right about at that threshold. So we'll see within the next couple of years what happens with the surface and if we may change some things and if we do. How will we change it? Will it look exactly the same or a little different color on the, the brown of the infield, logos, things like that? So we're starting to have some some small conversations about that that topic. No, you guys are glad you don't have to cut it, though. Every once in a while, I do miss that, but it's just it's just every once Come in a on. while. Come every on. once in a while. I'm going to remind you of that one day. <laughs> Cut the field. That's Associate Head Baseball Coach Anthony Babineau. He's been our guest. He joins me every Wednesday during the season. Bab, I appreciate the time, man. Best of luck this weekend against Coastal. Again, Louisiana versus Coastal Carolina, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the 6, 2, and 1 p.m. start times. And then Monday, that bonus fourth game, a non-conference game against the conference opponent. That'll be at 11 a.m. with uh, pregame starting at 10.30 here on ESPN 14. 
20. All the best, man. I'll let you guys get to it, and hopefully the weather cooperates here over the next week. Thank you, Scott. Have a great afternoon. All right. When we come back here on The Great Scott Show, sponsored by Sudan.